Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. Um, we want to uh, really thank the people at Anchor and encourage you if you are starting your own podcast or currently using uh, another platform in your podcast to uh, try Anchor. Anchor is a terrific platform. We're very, very pleased with their performance and their technology as well as uh, their support. So uh, give it a try. Anchor is a great, great uh, technology and platform, and we're pleased that uh, they are uh, one of our great uh, partners at Blood Time. Thanks for listening, and uh, continue to support us as we will support you with great stories. Thank you. Blood Time, the podcast that speaks to the bond, the emotion between coach and athlete at the interscholastic and intercollegiate level. Each interview, each segment will reveal that bond and what was learned, how they were transformed, and what each athlete took to the world at large from that transformation. These stories will warm your heart and astound you all together. Submitted for your approval, now it is blood time. Welcome to Blood Time. This episode features the athletic director from Beechwood High School, a dear friend of mine, a young man that I coached back in the day at Beechwood. He was the captain of the Beechwood wrestling team in 1991 and 92, maybe even 90. We had a phenomenal guest last episode, Jason Thomas, and in that, he added uh, some of the uh, attributes that make up the athlete. The DNA, the integrity, the preparation, the creativity, the consistency. But he added courage. What I'm going to add with Ryan Peters is caring and tenacity. And I witnessed the greatest work ethic I've ever coached. In that work ethic, it prepared him for the work that he is doing today in the Beechwood school system. But more importantly his caring and his consistency and his integrity in helping those young men and women. What in, in the room of wrestling did this prepare you for, Ryan? Welcome. Thank you, Pete. Thanks for having me. I sure. appreciate it. Um, it is an honor. So My pleasure. So I'm going to give you a little background on, on who I am. Please do. So you can understand. So I was uh, born, um, I'm 40, 46 years old. Okay. I had two amazing parents, uh, Vicki Peters and Alan Peters. Uh, they raised me with a very high level of integrity, a uh, very hard, hard working uh, work ethic, a lot of love, a lot of care. Right. Um, but they were completely different personalities. Total different personalities. My dad was more of a hard nosed individual. My mom was uh, a, a, a beautiful soul. Uh, she she passed away when I was in college, but uh, we all miss her deeply. I do too. Um, but she she was one of those. She was a driving force. She had a ton of friends. She just. She knew how to make connections. She knew how to push in the right way. And, and as, a, as a young athlete, uh, they were parents that pushed, uh -huh. but very quietly. Like, you wouldn't have known that they pushed. Right. Um, not, not, like, uh, not like we're dealing with today. Right. So uh, I was Well, you know, and your yeah. dad was from the street. My dad was right? from the street. So he was a street, he was yeah. a street kid, my, right? My and dad he met this beautiful woman, and all of a sudden, yeah. they come together and they create this uh, incredible relationship. They, they, had an, they had an incredible marriage. Right. Uh, they worked really well together. Um, they raised me and my, my older siblings, Fawn, who's 12 years older than me, and Scott, who's 8 years older than me. Okay. 
and uh, you know we had we had an amazing childhood. You know, I was kind of raised sort of as uh, you know Scott and Fawn were older than me, so I was right. raised alone. <laughs> Pretty right. much. So yeah, I was but growing. you were like the little prize. It was you? a little prize. <laughs> you were the little um, treasure. That the came the really cool part of it is, you know, Fawn went off to college, and Scott yeah. was there taking me to every little thing. Same with same with Fawn at the time. Sure. But uh, but I saw everything, and I saw amazing times. I remember going into uh, wrestling practices at Beechwood High School when I was probably four and five years old. So I, 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 was just, I was just raised with a real sense of working hard, get at it, never quit. Um, I remember early on, I started wrestling when I was five years old. Right. And uh, started with a program at Beechwood. Bob Bloom was running the program. I think my brother at the time was uh, in maybe in middle school, and he was helping out with the program. Sure. And uh, it, it, was, you know, it was a nice program, but it was a, a very recreational program. And um, at that time, I met a guy named Bernie Weisskopf. Bernie Weisskopf uh, was instrumental in uh, taking my wrestling career to a different level. Unique and special guy. Very unique, uh, very special. Uh-huh. Made an enormous impact on my life. Bernie was with a guy that kind of showed me the way. Um, he took me to Longwood, where I was coached by uh, some amazing coaches, all Hall of Fame coaches. A guy named uh, Dave Mariola, who's the head coach at Twinsburg. Uh, Graham Coghill was longtime coach at Chanel. And then it's now all, all Hall of Famers. All Hall of Famers. Yeah. Um, Tim Rutherford, who was one of their assistants there as well. Um, I, I just I, I grew up around some amazing coaches. These guys really cared about their kids. They cared. Yeah. They would do. They were like father figures, weren't they? Without question. Yeah. Um, they, they, you know, and they were honest with you. They were real sure. with you. Yeah. Well, um, they held you to a standard that yeah. they would their son. Without so question. If you love somebody, if you're not honest, you're not really loving them. Without question. You know. So and, and I grew up around amazing talent at Longwood. We had the likes of Alan Freed and Peter Nathanson and Michael Sasso and. Jimmy, the best of that Jimmy, Jimmy, and Joey Andresi, right. uh, Todd Hill, Johnny Maisie. I mean, these kids that all went on to win state championships, right. and you know, it was, it was hardcore. Right. Um, at that time, wrestling was way different. Um, there weren't a lot of neighborhood clubs. This was this was the premier club. Sure, um, but yeah. So, so growing up, I had an incredible experience. Um, going through high school, played football. I played for an amazing Hall of Fame coach, Joe Perella. Uh, um, he had an amazing staff. And that guy was all about love. He was all about I, love. I, you know, my brother played for him, and mm-hmm. when I talked to him about what's sadly what's going on with Joe now, he's had some decline in health, yeah, a tear comes to his eye. No question. And everybody that I talked to, from Michael Dolovec, who lives in ba- Bali, mm-hmm. uh, to Jason Tom, whoever it is, they have that same feeling of, of camaraderie and, and family. Without question. I mean, Joe, Joe did something that, you don't see very often. He came in there as sort of a tough. He came into Beachwood as a very tough, tough guy. Right. Um, you know, he came from uh, from Little Italy, sure. right? Sure. And uh, he instilled a way about all of us. Uh, what he instilled, him and uh, every coach I ever had instilled this. There's there's no shortcuts. Uh-huh. Um, Joe was one of those guys that said, "You do a ten yard down and out. It's ten yards. It's not nine yards. It's right. ten yards. And this is the way you're going to turn." Right. Um, it was how you carry the ball. It was and how you love your teammates. So I, I learned a ton from that group. Now, going on to wrestling at the high school level, sure, I was fortunate to have you as my head coach. I was extremely <laughs> blessed to have you because you were absolutely the best lead dog I've ever seen. I said if I can get anybody to be eighty-five percent of Ryan, we got ourselves state championships. I appreciate so. that. So you know, I had you. I had my brother. 
Scott, I had Michael Goldberg, I had Jeff Tolan. An all-star cast. An all-star cast. And uh, those are people that uh, I'd go to war for any day of the week. Vice versa. Um, I would do anything for any of those guys, anytime. Um, you know, when, when growing up, I think when I was in, I think in the eighth grade, my brother had a big conversation with me. You might have been sitting there. And the comment was, do what we tell you to do. Don't ask questions. Right. I said, well, what does that mean? Yeah. And there was a question. Yeah, sure. He says, if you do what we tell you to do, you'll be a state champ. Right. Multiple times. You know, the, the work ethic that, that I instilled in myself and that was shown to me was, I don't know, it was a, it was a, <laughs> a feverish right. work ethic. Right. Um, but it was one that I will never, ever forget, and it's made my life what it is today. So, you know, going forward, um, you know, in high school, I started dating my wife, um, okay. Elise. We have been together since 1990. That is a great love story. Which is incredible. I have a phenomenal wife. Um, we have th- three children. We have Hudson, who's just turned uh, is 12. We got London. Who, Come on. She's yeah. 12 years She's old. 12. Oh, my God. She's 12. <laughs> London. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. Hudson's 13. Wow. 13. 13. I can't believe that. And uh, London is 12, and the Phoenix is 8. And uh, we, we have... That's a great name, Phoenix. I love it. We, we have an absolutely incredible family. Live next door to my brother and his family. And uh, you just I've got incredible in-laws that have dinner with us regularly. They've really made an impact on us as far as how we raise our family. So I'm, I'm really, I'm very fortunate. So all this, all this family is an incredible underpinning, an incredible foundation to take to a position that literally you have possibly 200 family members as athletes. For sure. Including coaches and support staff and, I mean, Julie, your, your yeah. terrific trainer. Yeah. Everybody that's associated with this program, I would assume you, you have to treat or, or feel as a family member. How does, that, what, how does that affect you? So literally, when you go through the hiring process of, right. of a new coach, um, you got to make sure it's the right feel. Um, I very rarely will ask. Trust your gut. You have to trust your gut. So when I'm interviewing people uh, for jobs, it's very rare that I'll ask them about X's and O's. Okay. Um, It's not that important. Okay. Because if they're coming to meet with me, um, and listen, I do do my background checks and make sure that they are are well qualified, but it's it's who they are. It's the person inside. Um, If they're coming in to make a difference in in a child's life and pay it forward, they're... And, and I, they're honest and they're hardworking. Um, you know, I have a very, if you look at the, my staff across the board, there's similar, a lot of similarities. Okay. They're all, they're, all, they're all drivers. All right. Um, they all have so much passion. They work so hard. Um, they love kids. They go to the end of the earth for a kid. Sure. You know, any hour of the day. That's what I'm looking for when I hire people. That's very, very important to me that they're, would do anything. So they're echoes of, of some of the things that you hold dear. Without question. And it's they're, they're not necessarily exactly like you, but they have similar sure. feelings. Now, let me ask you a question because yeah. in my in my business career and in, in my coaching, and I use, and I, I tell my children this, I said, use your intellect first and then bring your love and passion. It seems like you're doing both at the same time. Sure. Am I correct in saying that? And the reason I use my intellect first is I, I want to be objective because sometimes I really like somebody, 
but I got to take a hard look at them. Mm-hmm. Has that ever bit you where you've trusted your gut and it, it you know, because you just like them so much mm-hmm. that, you know, it maybe not was a great decision? Yeah, or, of course. And what did you learn from that? So, you know, there's times where you see the outpouring of love for a kid. Sure. And you absolutely... You're just eating it up. Like, oh right. my God, this person really loves kids. However, mm-hmm. um, they have to be ethical. Okay. Uh, and they have to be honest. So that that's, I, I, I have had a situation, I've had situations where, like, oh, gosh, this person yeah. loves kids, but they can't follow the straight and narrow. Gotcha. And if you can't follow the straight and narrow, especially in a, in a public school system, yeah. it makes it very, very difficult. I, I won't compromise the integrity and the honesty of, of our programs. That's beautiful. Um, but you, you have to do things right. Um, but, you know, there's <laughs> it comes in many different ways. Now, I will say... Well, how many people do you hire? I mean, you have a... How many how many coaches do you have at Beach? So I got about... It's about 65, 70 people in my, on my coaching staff. And, and how many years have you been there? So this is the start of my 11th year. So just, you know, if you really do the numbers, that's... 650 people that you possibly could have hired. Sure. You know, you're not going to be 100%, sure. right? No, you're not going to be 100%. And, and there's, and listen, with, with regarding coaching. Right. So the, the t- difficult part is you have to be there at 3 o'clock yes. <laughs> to coach. Right. And most jobs don't let out till 5, 6 o'clock. Right. So for people to get off work and run over to Beachwood High School to It's coach, a commitment. It's a major commitment. Right. Um, you know, you sometimes you'll fire, find the retired person or somebody that is young, energetic, or somebody right. that works a different shift. Right. So, you know, and also it's not a full-time job. It's a supplemental position. Right. Um, so and the money isn't that great. The money the money is yeah. it's not that great. For some, it's it's amazing. Sure. Um, you know, but it, that, that sometimes poses difficult situations where you're trying to find the diamond in the rough. Right. And, you know, you just, you're not finding it because... Sure. Because you can't get them there at 3 o'clock. So how have you refined and learned from those? You know, because I love failure. You know, I don't seek it out. Yeah. Okay, but I embrace it if it happens to me because I like to fail forward. And so I learn from them. Like, I've, I've owned nine businesses. Mm-hmm. Three have failed. Six have succeeded. I've learned more from those three failures than the six successes, without question, even though I learned a lot from the successes. So tell me what you have done to hone your skills to not only do a better job in that situation, I'm not saying that you ever did a, a poor job, but to do a better job, and then also to to engender that family feeling moving forward. So yeah, I mean, failure is a part, a, a, a important part of it. I mean, I'll just kind of look back. In sure. high school, I lost lost seven matches. Wow. Okay? I That's remember awesome. I remember every single one of those matches. I lost seven matches my freshman year before I think December. <laughs> but but what, what, what what I'll say about it is. Yeah. You learn, I mean, I, I can re- replay those matches a thousand times in my brain. Sure. Every single aspect of the match. Um, you know, as you grow into an adult, every single situation. I, I work with some incredible people. I, I was, the superintendent that hired me is a gentleman named uh, Rich Marquart. He's now the superintendent over at West Geauga. Our current superintendent is Bob Hardis. Quality guys. Michelle Mills is our district treasurer. Um, I, I work with some amazing principals from our current principal, Paul Chase, to James Reed, to Ed Klein, um, to Tony Shritai. Every single person that I've worked with, and I have, you know, you, got, you can't overlook 
assistant secretaries. Sure. So we have an assistant, Lori Joyner, and Vicki Diamond, who is my previous assistant, my current assistant, Casey DeMay. They, uh, every single thing we do, every single day, if there's something that's not done right, we we have to fix it immediately. You, right. can't, you can't let a mistake Bad go. Bad news and good news fast. That's the way I, I feel. Right. So you, you yeah. just, when you're in these situations, when, when failure hits, right. okay, or something doesn't go right, um, you work together. Sure. And, and you evaluate it. Uh, listen, I make mistakes. I'll never profess to be mistake-free. I make mistakes. It's, it's, right. it's part of life. Um, but you have to learn from your mistakes. And... You know, you just have to sit back, evaluate it, what what I could do differently. I mean, there were some things last year and the previous year right. um, that you learn from. And, uh, you know, and you reevaluate your life. I mean, every year I'm a, I'm a goal-setting type of individual that every year I set goals. Sure. Prior to the start of the year, my own personal goals, uh, work goals, and I reflect on them. And yes. in those goals, I look at some of the things I did very well the year before, some of the things that I absolutely need to improve upon and, um, in every single program. Right, and and that may makes me a stronger athletic director. I really speaking of that, you right. were chosen athletic director of the year by numerous organizations. Uh, it has to be a sense of pride, but it also has to be a sense of um, standard that you can need, need to continue to meet and to improve upon. And in those goals, is that part of it? Is that is do we set the standard higher to yourself oh, internally? Yeah. And I mean, listen, okay. somebody asked me years ago, what would you consider a successful year? successful year to me is every single team in Beachwood winning a state championship in the same year. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Um, and every kid getting a full ride scholarship, right? right? That's right. that's the ultimate success. Right. I don't know where that happens. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you evaluate yourself. You continue to look forward. Um, you get better every single day. Uh, you don't you don't dwell on the negative, too. I mean, I, there, there's some things that has gone on and you have to put things past you. Sure. Um, things are not always going to go your way. Um, my number one objective when I go to work every single day is that the students of that school and are happy and safe every single day, that right. every single kid is happy and safe, and every one of our staff members is happy and safe. Yes. Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Cimarroni Couture. We have a Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's special that we'd love to present to you guys. Buy one suit at $10.95 or higher and get one at 50% off now until January 2nd. Or buy one entry-level suit at $7.95 and get a shirt for free. Check us out at Cimarroni Couture. That's Cimarroni Couture, 216 216- 2871522 uh, my number one objective when I go to work every single day is that the students of that school and are happy and safe every single day that right. every single kid is happy and safe and every one of our staff members is happy and safe yes safety uh, so um, that's kind of how I'm living my life so, 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 Ryan, you know, you've had some incredible athletes graduate and go on to college, you know, scholarships, as you said. I think maybe even a couple had a, had a sniff of, or a cup of coffee in the pros at some of their levels. Um, but, you know, there's always that story of that athlete that never is going to do something like that. 
but really touches your heart. Is there anybody that yeah. you could share with us? And if you want to name their name, it's yeah. great. If you don't, but share with us that story that really makes being an athletic director just the best job in the world. So I'm going to give you a coaching story. Okay. Okay. Um, so there's a kid named Victor Newman. Sure. Do you remember Victor? Oh, yeah. Diamond. So, the, the, no, he wasn't the jeweler. That was Louis Cook. Yes. <laughs> so, so Victor Newman wrestled um, for me. Uh, he was on a very good team. Okay. And Victor had to have been, and Victor and I have talked about this in the past. So I, sure. So if, this is, if, yeah. if he hears this, it's great. He's uh, giving you a poetic license. And, yes. Yeah. But Victor was not a very good wrestler. Victor, Victor was below average, was losing almost every match. Sure. And at that time, I learned a lot from Victor. Um, I, I don't know if I wanted Victor on the team because he was, right. he just didn't fit our mold. Okay. And, you know, I was pushing the guys, push, you know, if you don't want to be here, get him off the team. Okay. I gotcha. This is early on in my coaching career. But Victor, we had a bowl session one day. We all sat in the room, and anybody that was on that team remembers it. Right. Sat in a circle, and everybody went around the room and said how they feel and what's going on in their minds and how can we get better as a team. Sure. And Victor turns and he says, I hate you. And he points to me. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'm like, all right, get it yeah, out, man. Yeah, yeah get, get it out. out. Yeah, it makes, yeah, 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 yeah. makes me feel real good. Come here, let's hug it out. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, you know, why do you hate me? He says, you're just, you're mean. You're, right. You're, you push us too hard. You don't care about us. Right. And I'm like, all right, keep coming, Vic. Yeah. Um, and, and Victor pointed it out to me that you need to look at the kid mm-hmm. sort of at the end of the bench. Okay. Um, you got to look at that kid. And those kids that are not the stars, that are the kid at the end of the bench that want to be part of it, right, are probably the most critical people to that program at that particular day. Um, Michael Linsker was on the team, who was a two-time state champ for us. Right. And um, Michael was so happy for Victor. Okay. And he was such a cheerleader for Victor. Okay. And I was like, oh. So I missed the whole Victor thing, right? Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. Um, but Victor it was one of those kids that really made an impact on me. Um, uh, there, the other one was Sarah English. Okay. Okay. So Sarah sure, English yeah. was sure. was a girl that came out for wrestling. There at that time, girls weren't wrestling. No. Um, just starting, maybe. Just starting, yeah. and and it and it. I reflect on that situation as, yeah, it was mean. Um, I didn't think Sarah was, you know, didn't fit the mold of our team. Right. And um, she stuck it out. She stuck it out, and the kids were way better than her, and were tough, and were beating her up. She right. kept coming back. Sarah ended up wrestling off in college, but it gave me a new appreciation for somebody that took a risk. Sure. You know, a kid like Victor Newman, somebody like Sarah English, that took a risk, and they weren't your the, the norm. Right. But they excelled. Um, I, I do see it quite a bit in at the high school level now, in the middle school level, that kids just want to be part of a team. They want to yeah. embrace it. They want to learn from it. Right. And every coach that I hire... Yes. That is extremely important that they make sure that every single kid... Inclusion. Inclusion. Inclusion, yes. And if they don't include and make every kid feel special, we're doing a disservice. That's a beautiful lesson because, you know, because of your athletic prowess in the sport, you never had really the experience of being the worst kid on the team or even the mediocre kid on the team. Am I correct in, in saying so? So the lesson that you learn, a lot of great athletes or, or people that are very good at what they do never learn as a coach. And I can, I can tell you myself, I was the worst kid on the team as a freshman. Okay, yeah, And then I got to be pretty good, and by the time I was a senior, I was not the best, but I was right there. Okay, So I knew what it was like. 
So my, my thought process is if you leave it on the mat and your best is to win one match, you're my hero. If your best is to be state champion, took second or third, yeah. mm, now we got to talk. You see what I'm saying? So sure. I love that lesson. That and, and what's beautiful is to me is that you're hiring coaches that have to have that type of sensibility. Yeah. It's without question. I mean, I, I, you have to go to the end of the earth for every kid on your team. I love that. And it is so important that you make those kids feel special. Now, there are kids that right. resist it, right? That sure. It's a kid, I don't really sure. want to be there. They're not showing up. Right. You, know, you keep trying, you keep trying, and trying. And there, there's kids that do eventually, you know, unfortunately, sometimes there'll be a kid that I think quit. you have a story like that. I do. Uh, I think that Elijah yes. is a story that yeah. that that, there you go. that kid, what is, I, I mean, when I saw what he did last year, uh, right. It was just, uh, it, it, it didn't bring quite a tear to my eye, but it welled me up a little bit. So, right, so that's an amazing story. There's a kid on our wrestling team, Elijah Harris, Durham Harris, who now is a senior. Right. I think he came out his sophomore right, year. His sophomore year. Sophomore okay. year, yeah. Um, Maybe freshman. Maybe yeah, freshman. Maybe yeah. freshman year. Um, kind of scrawny at the time. Yeah, raw bone. Um, yeah. Really nice kid, quiet kid. Right. Uh, sort smart of, as heck. Yes. Very smart. Ke- kept kept to himself. Right. Um, you didn't suspect he would be a wrestler. And all of a sudden, the kid de- dedicates himself. Sure. Um, he connects with the sport. Yes. Finds something inside of him. Uh, really worked his butt off to get good at the sport. He's I mean, a beast now. Cha- changed his build. I mean, now he's a he's a he's an Adonis. He is. Um, and I think he he is a poster child for Beachwood. Isn't it something? Yeah. And really I just is. it's a beautiful story. You know, I hope he has a very successful year this year. But and how how do you? I mean, who knows what he'll pay, he'll pay forward? It's for just sure. amazing. He could be a ripple throughout our society that that, Without question. that will bring back such great things. And you know, and and that brings me to you know when I when I think about the last few um, interviews, um, I, I interviewed Barry Broom, who talked about being uh, the best prepared guy in the room with integrity. I talked to uh, Scott Safanovitz about creativity, mm-hmm. about creativity in how he is a police officer sure. and making sure that he can cut things off in the past before they get too bad. Mm-hmm. And not many police officers think that way, but that's a beautiful thing there. And the DNA of the coaches, Sonny Marchetti yeah. and Mark Haywald, of their parents and their coaches, it's become part of them. So like Mark was saying to me, I... I don't even have to think about Tony DiGiovanni. I am basically. Right. You know, right. He is in me, you know. Yep. So, and I hear from, from you the caring and the tenacity. Leave us with one thing that you could take out into the world for anybody else listening to this today and bring it to their team, their organization, their corporation, their charity, whatever is their chosen sure. profession. Could you leave us? Yeah, so you um, you have to lead with love. Okay. There's there's no question. You have to lead with love. Um, that's twenty four seven, and it's literally unconditional love. Gotcha. Um, I will also say that you have to work extremely hard. I've always taken the, men- the mentality of first in, last out. Okay. Um, I will always take that mentality. I, I get very upset when somebody beats me to work. Gotcha. Um, we we have a, I've been working out in the mornings. And we have a cop that literally probably pulls up five minutes before me. Oh, boy. And it's driving me insane. Um, but, 
But you, <laughs> you, awesome. you, you got to be the first one in, last one out. Right. Um, and when you're working, yes. you know, it's 110%. And it's smart work. Sure. It's not, uh, you can't be lazy. When when you get lazy and complacent, uh, you, you get hit with failure. Yeah. Um, I, I will not accept that. Okay. Um, but the other thing is positive mental attitude. Right. Is, Which is, is love. Yeah. Because you have self-love. Sure. Is, is the backbone of your life. Is, sure. is the backbone of my life. I, I will never let anything beat me down. Gotcha. Um, you got to be so mentally tough um, that you know life is going to give us many twists and turns. People might go through divorce, bankruptcies. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of other tension that goes on. Life comes at you. It comes at you. Um, yeah. Newspaper articles that paint different pictures of people. Sure. Um, but if you have a positive mental attitude, right. and you live your life with love, and you know, listen, I was having a conversation with my daughters. Right. A couple of days ago, that were, you know, they're going through teenage years. That this girl said something about me, and that oh, girl yeah. said something about oh, that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, the, um, the world coming to an end and right. means nothing. Ten years later, right? So you know, later. and and my wife and I have a little difference of opinion on this. Of course, but you know what? People, if people want to be mean, yeah, they can be mean. The objective is to show respect, twenty four seven to people. If you show respect and love, right, you will earn that back. So th- those are sort of the messages that I just kind of want to leave other people with. Lead with love. You know, I say I give 110 percent. Have sure. a positive mental attitude. Sure. And um, the other thing is that I didn't say is you, you have to be an incredible listener. Okay. If you don't listen to people, yeah, and uh, and their feelings and what they what they're looking for, you cannot be successful uh, because you need people around you. To, you know, they all have feelings. Sure. And uh, you know you have to be incredible listeners. Is in my role as a school administrator, if I'm not listening, yeah, whew, I'm missing a lot. You're missing a lot, and I'm listening to you, yeah. my friend. And <laughs> and the thing that's interesting is that a lot of meanness comes from self-loathing, sure. and a lot of respect comes from self-love. Probably 100% of both. Yeah. And so what I'm hearing is this: leading with love. It's about self-love and then loving others because that emanates and follows. No question. And Ryan, I, I can't thank you enough for sharing your story with us, sharing stories with us, and sharing that message of leading with love. Thank you so much. Continued success at Beachwood High School and Appreciate in your it. life with your beautiful children and wife and family. Um, I wish you the best, even though when I, uh, I'm across the, the, the mat from... Your wonderful coach, Jimmy Greenwood, I'm going to beat him. Well, you better think again. Exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) Other than that, they can win every match on the planet. You better think again. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Thank you again. This is Blood Time with Coach Cimarroni. We are blood. I want to leave you with this thought of the day. Walking through this world, luggage is not required. It is up to you.